0: Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson.
1: And I'm Livius Snedden. I know that everybody thought 2020 was over, uh, but not not yet, at least not (laughs) for us. It's time for our uh, annual um, year in review. So 2020. Slightly uneventful year for most people, right? You'd say no. That,
0: uh, <laughs> well, um, I get. You know what? Now that you say that, in a, in a manner of speaking, I think that a lot of people did a lot less than usual. Yes, that is very true. But you know
1: who didn't do less than usual? <laughs> These guys. Yeah. We didn't. So, um, if you don't want to hear us kind of uh, brag and discuss and and laud the things that we did in twenty twenty. Um. then maybe go back and listen to our last episode if you haven't heard that one, because that's probably what we're going to spend our time doing for the next, I don't know, 40 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, uh, long-time listeners of the podcast will know that I'm kind of a stats nerd, kind of. I'm definitely a stats nerd. And so I like to kind of uh, put our effort into context so uh, you know for a fact that I have compiled information that we're going to kind of pick through, but we're going to try and make it less of a data dump hopefully and more of a like a, a fond remembrance of, of the good times of 2020. Um, and if you're not following us on Instagram, I've started to kind of throw up. Um, I'm not, not throw up like I'm not throwing up. Um, I've started to put up things like, uh, uh, you know, information about like the interviews we've done throughout the year and stuff. So it's easy to see, Oh, Hey, that's a person I'd like to hear talk about their book or whatever. Um, so I'm starting to add more content like that on our Instagram. So uh, go over to Instagram and find Book
1: Podcast and, and follow us. Hey, so you said you were going to have stats and stuff. Like throw one out. Like for example, what kind of stats are we talking here? Uh, well,
0: I would say that um, one of the things that we've – I know that it, it bothers Livius if we don't do 52 episodes in a year because there's – for anybody who's not familiar, like smart about calendars – or 52 weeks in a year, we're a weekly podcast. So the goal would be 52 episodes. And I know there's been some years where we haven't met that, um, this year, 55, we
1: did 55 Ooh. episodes. We made up a little bit for a previous year where we didn't quite make it. That makes me very excited because as a weekly podcast, I feel like it's important to at least get one out once a week. Yeah. Or like average out to Cause like, yeah. uh, especially with, um,
0: like the kind of a tumultuous year, like mm-hmm. sometimes we just needed a week off or, or things came up and we couldn't do it. So uh, we, we definitely
1: made up for it with uh, extra content in other weeks. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's funny and, and I'm going to get your take on this and I don't want to make this a downer. I was on a conference call at work today, right? And uh, everybody was kind of like, oh, 2020 over. Oh, to- hopefully 2020 will be much better. You know I woke up on the first and twenty twenty one looked alarmingly like twenty twenty did did you find the same thing yeah it's g- yeah uh, I,
0: I, I, I know why you prefaced it the way you did because I don't want to be a downer about it either, but like yeah. I don't prescribe to the idea that the you know when the clock hits midnight yep.
1: it's a reset. <laughs> No, I, I never have either. That's why I've never really been one for um, New Year's resolutions or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, I guess. OK, so here I'll say it. I, I don't have a New Year's resolution. There are some things I've been working on for, for a little bit now. I just plan to continue. Do you do you have a New Year's resolution for 2021?
0: No, no, I don't really do resolutions either. Um, But I mean, like. I, I, again, I because it's not a reset for me. I think that there are just ongoing things. I always want to read 10,000 pages in a year. Um, Yeah, so there's things like that, but I can't think of one thing that is like
1: 2021 is the year that I, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I want to do 52 episodes this year, but really it's interesting that you say that because you go, I want to read 10,000 pages a year and you really only use the calendar, like the calendar year to mark that year because really it could be at any time, right? Like March to March
0: right yeah it it doesn't have to be a a calendar year it could be a whatever year
1: yeah but it's interesting because i guess that's what we do right like like we mark a year from january to december and that's how we measure things like how many books we read or how many pages or episodes or, or whatever like at no point have i thought to ask you hey from july of 2018 through june of 2019 did we hit 52 episodes well, now you're freaking me out
0: because now I'm wondering if we had if we hit ten thousand pages a year from our anniversary date, which I would be that kind was of like our next our fiscal. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah, that's our fiscal year. That's how we're going to start referring to that. Yeah, so our <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's it's interesting. Any anyway, rate, I I just thought it was it was um, and and, and look, I, quite honestly, I don't know how many of these people actually believe that or just felt they should say it because it was a work environment, and you know me, right? I said hey, I find 2021 to look a whole lot like 2020. New Year, same old shit. And then there's just a lot of silence around that. I I think I found, and again, this is
0: not something that we need to spend a terrible amount of time on, but um, uh, recently I found that um, I'm just like, I got to get to the next thing instead of like looking far down the road. Um, So it's much more of like a incremental progress kind of thing instead of mm-hmm. like uh a, a goal for the year and that's kind of like i think that some people might be traumatized by everything that's going on and um pinning your hopes to uh the turn of a a year it might not be the most helpful thing but if you're like man if i can just make it to february um then you know that's that's my goal right now. That might be a, a healthier way to approach things.
1: That very well could be. Um, I predict the 2021 for this podcast is going to look a lot like 2020 because I was very <laughs> happy with um, the number of books we read, the number of pages, the number of authors we interviewed. So here's why I'd like to take a moment and ask you to throw out another stat. How many interviews did we do this year? We uh, In 2020, we uh, conducted...
0: 14 interviews. Um, actually, you know what? It's If you count our crossover episode with uh, This is Horror, it would be 15. Mm-hmm. However, we did interview Josh Mailerman twice.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, So there's no hard number on that then? So it's somewhere between like 15 and 17? That- well, let's do the math. So like <laughs> if we interviewed... So,
0: but there's two people on the on the this is horror thing, so Yeah, yeah. I'm getting myself <laughs> real confused. Saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 14 minus Josh would be 13. Plus the other two guys would be 15. But we already interviewed Michael David Wilson, so we interviewed 14 different people over the course of 15 episodes. There we go. Yeah.
1: So um, some real some real. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm gonna use the word use some real bangers. This year too, right? Oh, so man. I want to start. I want to start a little bit with our crossover episode with "This Is Horror," which was really, really cool. There, there haven't been many times where we've, uh, um, I like. I don't know. It, it felt like. Like a couple of teams, you know what I mean. It's usually us versus the interviewee, right? Yep. We wait for them to answer, we throw another question at them. But it was it was a lot more conversational. And there's only been a handful of times in, in the history of the podcast, and you know, uh, what coming up on six hundred episodes soon, right? Where are we at? Right around five fifty now. Uh, this is like five hundred twenty-eight, I think. All right, so yeah, over, over five hundred episodes. What are there? Three, four? Were there more? Not counting like our holiday specials. You know it's not a lot of times that we get to spend time and talk to to two or more people on the podcast, right, yeah, that's true,
0: um, talking about bangers, though, so we definitely uh landed some bigger fish, I think than usual like and that is not to say anything against against the fish that we already landed who are excellent, like Josh Mallerman is an amazing guest, and Stephen Graham Jones is an amazing guest, but um. One of the things that uh, jumps out for me specifically, partially because it's the, I think it's the only time just one of us has conducted an interview as opposed to the both of us, um, Mark Olshaker, who is the author of um, the book Mindhunter with John Douglas, um, but uh, he, he wrote The Killer's Shadow, which we, I and Misty Bennett reviewed this year, and then also Misty joined me to, to interview Mark Olshaker. But this dude is like... Huge, the dude's legendary, and um like one of the most um like easy to talk to, and um he like said your name back to he knows how to talk with people, like the um the way that he spoke, it was obvious that he was a very professional. Speaker, So that made the conversation good, but he also had tons of interesting stuff to say. So, um, that one just kind of fell in our laps, but it was, is definitely a highlight for me of 2020.
1: Well, for sure. If I had to, um, so, you know, uh, uh, small fish or tasty fish too. Uh, so I want to go back to the, the fish reference just for a second. Um, <laughs> You know, one of the things we, we did get to talk to Josh Mallerman twice, but I've got to tell you that that kind of almost impromptu interview that we did about Carpenter's Farm yep, um, was one of the coolest and probably most laid back like interviews. It, it wasn't even like an interview. It was just like a cool hangout. And it still sticks out in my mind, despite the fact that there are people, you know, pe- we've talked to Josh several times over the years. And I love Josh absolutely and dearly. But, you know, we go, oh, well, Grady Hendricks or, you know, whatever. Like, that was such a cool format. I, I wish. And, and maybe that's only a, something that you can do when you've got a comfort level with someone. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't think you can get uh, Christopher Moron and have something that's quite as conversational as you can with someone you've built a, a little bit of a rapport with, like we have with Josh over the years. But definitely one of the highlights of, of this year for me was that Carpenter's Farm episode with, uh, with Mallerman.
0: Uh, yeah because I mean it honestly felt like uh, we were at his house just like talking shit and um, because we were doing weird stuff like like giving him plots for future books that he's probably never going to write and stuff like that Um, so it was more conspiratorial and less like um, like formal but yeah Mm -hmm. like so so much fun to just like really just kind of shoot the shit with that dude I agree
1: and, and then I would like to remind everybody, um, in case you have not been tuning in um, religiously throughout the course of the year, uh, I do believe this is unofficial, but I do believe that we set a world record this year in the interview yeah. categories yep. by interviewing not one, not two, but three different maxes, all in the span of probably like six weeks or something, right? Less than two months.
0: Yeah, between episodes 486 and 502. Uh, yep. So not a big span of time. Max Barry joining us again after like almost a decade, like eight years or something like that. And not, not remembering us, but that's okay. Uh, he's forgiven. (laughs) Max Brooks, who, um, like that. Put aside the fact that he's probably got one of the most well-known books that's ever been published or probably two, if you count that zombie survival guide, which was like a runaway hit. Um, like the the man has just got such an interesting and weirdly multifaceted life and he's very intelligent um so it was a and and again super well spoken really enjoyed that interview and then max booth the third um who is the publisher for perpetual motion machine and he's he's uh he's got such a talent and and he's very amusing for for being he's not even out of his 20s yet i think but um yeah that guy's going
1: places want to say and not not to slight the other two because i enjoyed both those interviews immensely but we like max brooks so much we gave him our 500th episode we That's, could have yeah. done so many things for our 500th episode and instead we gave it up to max brooks so um i think that that was i think that was kind of fitting based on all the things you said uh, max Berry coming out with another book next year so the, who knows there might be a 2021 interview with max Berry. We'll see. He's
0: got a bunch of stuff. I think he's got an audiobook only stuff thing coming out too. Like this guy is uh making moves.
1: Um I was gonna try to get Rick Springfield on the podcast um because he had an audiobook only come out <sighs> and Rob just fucking completely shot me down. Shot me down. Right you, out. Just, here. just for for you guys who wanted to hear Rick Springfield, I want you to know that it was proposed and one of us vetoed it. Um I, I'll
0: make you a deal right now. Mm-hmm. Um we can do a Mark Olshaker. Shaker. I can take a week off. Yeah, that's true. And you can get you can talk to Rick Springfield until you turn blue. You can even get like David James Keaton on to talk to him with you or something like that if you want to. You could do one of those like uh eight hour podcast episodes. Oh, get Stephen Graham Jones on. I'm sure he would be
1: a good guy to I don't know if he's a fan. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right well Yeah. All right. Maybe when, when Vince <laughs> Neal writes a fiction book, I will totally get uh I will totally get Stephen Graham Jones. Another go. one of our interviews this year that was terrific to come on and uh, and guest host. And then just listen to Jesse, close friend of the show, shed tears while while uh, Stephen and I uh, dig into Vince Neal and his fiction aspirations. You could always just have Jesse join. But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could do that, too, I guess. I suppose that's possible.
0: I can't believe or as far as interviews go and we don't have to belabor interviews. But like, I can't believe you haven't mentioned Christopher Moore yet. It was a pretty Christopher Moore twenty twenty for us, I'd say.
1: Um, yeah. So um we, we took an opportunity, so we took a, a, a really weak swing at Christopher Moore a few years ago, um, around the time <laughs> Soccer Blue came out. Um and, and this year we decided we were going to be a little more aggressive. And uh for, for people who, you know, are unaware, um that's one of the books that Rob and I bonded over many years ago, so we, we sort of owe a little bit to christopher moore right i would say yeah for for um for this podcast happening I, I don't know that it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that book but that book was definitely somewhat instrumental i guess um and that book was lamb which we went on to review a little later in the year but having him on was was absolutely a pleasure and uh and another fun i mean look i, I yeah i know i i know people are saying well no one's gonna say one of their interviews sucked keep scrolling through these and i, yeah. I it's hard it's hard to, to 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 find fault with any of the interviews we did and you know we 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 used to do more interviews and and not all of them were were of this caliber um <laughs> i mean i'll throw out one more having zoya stage on again was awesome zoya stage another book 2021 i'm predicting another zoya stage interview
0: i'd say so 2021
1: yeah um if i had to say the the probably the least um
0: Good thing about our interview series for twenty twenty was that we ended up bringing Stephen Graham Jones on when he had like a a massive migraine, and um I felt bad <laughs> making him talk to us on the phone while he uh he should be resting or whatever you do when you have a migraine so if there was anything I regret, it's that we didn't just say, "Hey, man, let's do this another time."
1: I agree, but here's what I will say about that man's character. That interview, I don't believe, suffered at all. No, absolutely not. And no one would know if we didn't say it. So correct, correct. So stop telling people that, because now they're going to make us feel bad.
0: It's more of an apology
1: to him in case he listens. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> what's the next? What's the next topic on the list, Rob?
0: All right. I'm just going to whip out a quick stat because uh, you know one of our goals uh, that we have annually, we mentioned before, is doing 10,000 pages. That's something that I kind of came up with pre-podcast as as a good measure for like keeping a steady pace of reading throughout the year and it's attainable so all right I'm gonna I'm gonna interject an anecdote I was uh, uh for my job we do like little like video meetings in the morning um and one morning someone was talking about like resolutions or something like that and um he said that in 2020 he read 160 books and he's like, I don't know. The only person around here that that's probably done more than that is Rob. What, how many did you read, Rob? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I read f- like th- 41 or something like that. So then he clarified um, he's got a big commute and he does lots of audio books. So probably like more than half of those were audio books.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the thing with audio books though is um, I, I've taken, as I mentioned, a podcast on listening to audiobooks on occasion. Um, I just started one today, actually. Um, it takes more time to read an audio book than it yeah. does to read a book, but clearly it's hard to read. Like if you're driving or jogging or, you know, you're at the gym or, or something, you know, but it's, um, that's insane. Cause that dude was reading like a book every two days. Yeah. It's like every, yeah. Two days and yeah. six hours I, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Most, most of the, um, most of the audio books I've listened to average about 10 hours. And those are books that I would probably read in six hours. Or five hours maybe you know what i mean if i was just reading them on my kindle mm-hmm. so it does take significantly more time I, I mean i guess if you're a slow reader maybe the audiobook's actually faster i don't know
0: yeah and i wonder what kind of books because i'm doing the math on that now if he's doing a book every two days and that's like a 10-hour book that's five hours a day of listening to audiobook
1: that sounds yeah, a little well, bit suspicious yeah, but you know what? He, I mean, I'll give you an example. Maybe he works out, or you know, jogs in the morning for an hour, right? Then he gets in his car and maybe he can listen at work.
0: Yeah. No. No, because
1: no. you know him from work. Never mind. Yeah. But I say we don't know what he does, but you do know what he does. <laughs> if you're
0: maybe if he's doing the speed up thing, like can't you listen to like a like one and a half oh, speed? Oh. Yeah. So that might be it. Anyway, um, so I I guess what I'm getting at is like for me with a full-time job and being a lazy person and also like doing all this stuff to make the podcast happen, I feel like, you know, 10,000 pages a year is, is a comfortable target. Um, mm-hmm. but it keeps me moving. Um, and then we've just kind of adopted it for the podcast. We hit that goal, uh, this year toward the end of the year. And, uh, with our 34th book of the podcast, we squeaked in at 10,121 pages for the year.
1: So that as an average of 27.7 pages per day read. So that's like half hour of reading per day. I know you don't do it per day.
0: No. <laughs> um,
1: but I try I try to space them out a little better. So really Rob read 300 pages every Saturday for <laughs> the entire year or Sunday. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, 27 pages a day, which I think is, is, uh, is a nice... Um, I mean, if I were to set a timed reading goal... Per day, I would probably say half an hour. I think that would be yeah. um, a fair and attainable goal. So, um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy with that. Um, you know, 34 books by divided by 52 weeks was uh, 0.65 books a week. You know, so better than half a book a week that we read. And then I know we both read a couple things off the podcast too. So not not a whole lot, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, I went nuts on Douglas Adams this year for some reason. Um, I read Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency and The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which are the two Dirk Gently books. And then I just started moving into The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I read a couple of those books as well. And then I also just randomly also read um, Stephen Graham Jones' Mapping the Interior, which came out a few years ago and I did get a chance to read at the time. So my total personal page count was 11,230, which I'm very happy with.
1: As well, you should be. Um, I am curious, um, and, and I know there's no good way to do this, um, but if you if you have a way that you could reach out to us, so if you have emailed us before, if you can comment on the YouTube video, if you can, I, there's really not a ton of commenting on, on any of the podcast sites. I'm curious as to what our listeners read. I'd love to yeah. know if they have an idea of how many books, not necessarily the pages, because I don't think most people track pages, so that would be kind of a, a bear to put together but if you keep track of the number of books you read or some metric i we'd love to hear about it we'd like to hear what the people who are listening to this podcast how they treat um their reading time yeah it would be interesting um because i think that
0: we do allow ourselves to be weighed down with like stuff but also like i gotta tell you it's real easy to just like watch an episode of justified as opposed to so like there is that that struggle and like there's a little discipline involved with wanting to to just sit
1: down and read yeah and and i have a harder and harder time uh, mostly due to the internet you know pre-internet or when the internet was a place you only went when you were specifically looking for something and not a place you spent all your time right um you know 52, 55, 57 books was, was an annual thing and, and, and with ease, like not pushing it like just the normal course of, of my life um, but yeah, I mean, smartphones probably killed that for me, if I had to sit in front of a computer to do all the dumb things I do online, um, I probably wouldn't do nearly as many uh, I'd I, you know i be able to read more books and not spend time You know, my, my thumb, I think, I, I might have some kind of carpal tunnel in my thumb from scrolling at this point <laughs> So you're what you're saying is that you would watch fewer like bear webcams. Not like 100% fewer <laughs> bear webcams in my and life I'm talking about if I didn't have yes, the I, animal not yes, but you know, both either both doesn't Either matter. that's yeah, that's yeah. fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so I'm going to pivot a little bit and and one of the things that we would usually do in a year in review is talk about like the awesome conference that we went to and like all the booze we, you know, the food we had or the booze we drank or the people that we hung out with. And obviously that's not going to happen. I I had paid to attend book expo in New York city, obviously because of the pandemic, everything got canceled. So um, to the point where I don't even think they're doing book expo anymore. Like I think it's done for, or at least it's going to a weird, like, hybrid model um either way uh those things that we would usually talk about we can't but um we, you know things still happened and one of the things is that i moved into a new apartment so um that was probably one of the more significant things about my year um it's a little bit bigger which Lovius will testify a little mm-hmm. bit bigger from my smaller place is still not a huge place but um so yeah i feel nice i've got um a better way to display my books and kind of have them in view for me at all times. So, uh, if I'm looking at a highlight of 2020, uh, one thing would definitely be the fact that I moved into a better place.
1: And you seem very happy or happier there, I should say, which I'm, I'm very happy for you. I mean, just for, for, for people to understand, Rob did move two blocks away <laughs> from, is that accurate? It's two blocks right? two uh, it's, blocks away.
0: It's yeah. 0.4 miles but the there weird thing is like so I, I lived in Lake Zurich before and I still live in Lake Zurich but um I've discovered that when I'm like coming back home from like if I'm in another town nearby um I can't go the the way that I'm like so accustomed to going because it would it would cause extra work to get home so I have to like rethink my my way home route um even oh, though I'm mean like... like you can't like you can't left turn or something like from is that yeah, what yeah or like the the, the road that would dump me out close to my apartment now dumps me out on the other side of where I want to be or like that kind of thing. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. it's, it's more, so I have to like, even though I barely, I, I, you know, I could walk to the, my, my old place. It has completely rerouted
1: the way that I drive <laughs> around places. That is uh that, that is funny. <laughs> um, if book expo, all right, here's what I'll say. I understand that we're all doing the best we can in these uncertain times. But god damn it, man, one thing that, that really has happened is all this video conferencing and people trying to have events online yeah. via, you know, Zoom or Skype or Teams or whatever. Uh, I, I'm really I'm really okay with all that ending. So a book expo is like <laughs> some kind of online chat room and there's like fifty people and little uh in little cameras. I, I think we should boycott it
0: yeah I just don't um, there is there's something about standing there talking to someone that um, I, and I, I mean like it has been very helpful like I'll get on the you know I'll get on Skype and I'll talk to like uh, you know podcast friends Jesse and Misty um, because we can't like see each other in person and that's like the next best thing but it's not something where I'm like oh man this
1: is just as good yeah, well, but not just that. You've also, you didn't start that in 2020. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, right. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I have no problem with video calls. Are you kidding? I've got a granddaughter who video calls all the time, right? So I think it's great. I just think that when you see these uh, uh, events, like you turn on the TV for some event and it's five boxes and people are clearly in their homes and yeah. it's stunning how poor the sound quality is for people, mostly who are very well off. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Ugh, I don't know if that's the future of Book Expo, but God damn it, I hope not. Well,
0: that's funny that you say that too, because um, even like um, the content that's generated, like we all know that like um, news people are just like you know reporting from home with like pantsless or whatever
1: that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think we. I think some people found out that very pantsless, very pantsless. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but like
0: content that's created for i i I'm a sucker for those like um the professional person in this field reacts to movies that have this thing in it kind of thing and I know that multiple sites do those types of videos um and I was watching one recently like well I'm eating lunch or whatever I'll just put something like that on cuz it'll like fill the amount of time that I'm I'm eating and I was watching one recently where like like there was so much like artifacting and pixelation for the video of the woman and i'm like why is this did they record her from their side and she called in like why didn't she just record her doing it on the computer and send them the file like the quality was was it looked like it was like oh we found this video from 1996 when someone had a one (laughs) megapixel digital camera and like a 56
1: megabyte like sd card in it or something yeah i um yeah, it's, it's it's just shocking to me how poor the quality <laughs> is. And and you know what? I'm not going to say we've had video calls and we've had recorded, you know, where we've done live stuff and, you know, things happen. But we're not millionaires or backed by, you know, a, a news studio or, or anything like that. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, uh, how long, long and, and how accustomed we will become to that kind of thing where, you know maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe you don't see any in-person interviews. Maybe they're all done from, you know, the, the comfort of, I don't know, you know, insert celebrity here's home, um, in the future. Yeah. Hey, I did just think about something that I think is a
0: positive outcome for 2020 that has to do with, um, the way that things, things are, things are done. And that is, um, it used to be for the most part when a publisher would send you like a link to NetGalley for like an electronic copy, of, like review <laughs> copy of a book, mm-hmm. it was tied to the, uh, the email address that they were emailing you at. Um, which when you have two people doing a podcast, um, that both need to read a book and then a podcast related email, it just gets really confusing and it's not, not easy. But since it's been tougher to send out physical review copies of books, they've gone to largely gone to a format where they send you a link and then it's like kind of an open link to 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 use and that's great cuz like we'll get one of those links and I'll just click on it and send it to to livius's um kindle and then I'll click on it and I'll send it to my kindle app and um it, it's so much nicer and and it's it's because they can't send out the the physical review copies as well that they're like I have to imagine that someone was just like, It's such a pain in the ass to make all of these individual links or maybe like they don't have the ability to, like they have a capacity
1: or something. Regardless, way, way better the way it is now. Can I tell you that um that could be so confounding that I think they got tired of the complaints and people like yeah. emailing them and messaging them and asking them how they're supposed to, to operate a net galley? What was the other one? Idleways. I haven't seen the that's the one. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah. Yes, that was very nice. Um, the <laughs> the postman is no longer littering my doorstep with books I'm probably not going to read. So I will say that that's kind of nice too. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's always nice to get a book, but you know, the pile would add up and add up and add up. So I, yeah. Um, you know, one thing that we did do this year that that kind of goes under the radar is I really think we we tried to sharpen our YouTube game. Yeah. And I say that, like, we post all of our audio stuff on there, but we did expand. Um, we actually did our latest live stream, our holiday office party. We did that on YouTube for the first time in in a couple of years, I believe, because we were doing it straight on Facebook. Um, and we started doing um, even a couple of, like, s- small recap videos of the, the books that we've read. So I, I happen to know um, that we, we will probably be doing a, a little something around this episode um, on YouTube. So even if you don't intend on watching us on YouTube, it is something we're hoping to kind of broaden our subscribership with. So uh, if you're listening and you happen to be near a computer or a phone, I know that some people put these onto cassettes. or burn them on the CDs and listen to them <laughs> in the car. So don't do not don't do this on your phone while you're listening to it on a CD in the car, but... Um, Go ahead and, you know, give us a give us a subscribe on YouTube. You don't have to turn on notifications or anything like that. If you're listening here, you're going to hear most of the same content, but occasionally there will be bonus stuff that just goes to YouTube.
0: Yeah. Um I will say that YouTube is the type of thing where like the more love you put into it, the more love you get out of it because since we started like consistently putting our episodes on there and um uh, you know, making them look a little bit nicer like we've like half of our subscribers that we have we got this year um and i have to imagine that you know what probably like 30 percent of those are from the u.s prison system because uh well from the last couple of years since we reviewed cherry mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah cherry which is coming out in what april just a few months right yeah on apple tv the movie, an Apple TV original of Cherry, I am very, very excited, um, and and I'll still have access to an Apple subscription in April. So nice. you know, yeah. Uh, well, one, one one turned up free with an Apple purchase apparently yeah. for like a year or something. So, and
0: um, Tom Holland starring as the the protagonist in that movie in Cherry, which is for anybody who's not aware, adapted from a a, a book called Cherry by is it Nico Walker nico walker yeah um and on the strength of holland's performance in the devil all the time on netflix which was adapted from the donald ray pollock book uh, i feel like at the very least the acting is not going to be a complaint of mine for this movie
1: hey tom holland is that the guy who played spider-man most recently he's the newest spider-man yeah yep okay i i i knew the name i saw the article but i didn't you know and i was like ah that, that name feels somewhat familiar. i didn't see the spider-man movies either but i i know who who he yeah. is um yeah that's that's very exciting and uh i mean i don't remember the last time we checked on nico walker's uh prison sentence oh but god damn it hmm. if he's out in 2021 um that's definitely someone um i i'd like to talk to and i'm sure i speak for rob when i say that uh, the guy who wrote cherry is definitely someone who uh we'd like to get on the podcast i agree i would definitely i would i would be all in for that all in my man i'm trying to check but it's hard to find somewhere where it says if he's still in prison or not um he was given an 11 year sentence in 2013 um That that's all it says so maybe he's until 2024 hmm we'll get him. Okay. Oh, he was released from prison in 2019.
0: Oh, why hasn't he reached out? That's weird.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Just going to kick in with another stat. I don't really have much left, so I'm just going to wrap it up by, uh, one of the things I have been keeping, uh, an ongoing kind of database of, of all of our information, like, like specific details about every episode. So I know for a fact that, um, the episode we're recording right now is episode 528, uh, over the course of the podcast, since the very beginning, we have read 93,060 pages um, for the podcast, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, are of the 527 episodes that have already published, 533 hours and 23 minutes of audio to listen to. Uh, so that's over an hour per episode, which I think that... our We never really had a goal to go an hour an episode, but it always kind of just landed there. So... You got that.
1: Yeah, it has been very naturally that way. Um, There are times, depending on the length of the book or um, not the quality of the book, but I guess the discussion worthiness of the book. Like there's some books you just can't talk about for a long time, you know. But, yeah, I feel like uh, like there are plenty of times where we nailed, uh, you know, within five minutes of an hour without even looking at a clock. Yep. I'm doing a little counting right now.
0: oh all right so spoiler talk i wanted to talk about really quick as well um we have done spoiler talk for 69 books nice and that's a total that's uh... that's a total of 20 hours and 53 minutes so if you wanted to listen to everything that we have published it's over 550
1: hours Yeah, and Spoiler Talk's available for our uh, lovely Patreon supporters, Um, and we do that, um, you know, more often than not uh, Mm -hmm. lately. Um, And that's really just when I say Spoiler Talk. There are some books where you really want to talk about the ending. You really want to talk about a twist. You really want to talk about something that we can't share here because maybe you haven't read the book yet. In all likelihood, we do books. We try to do them as close to them coming out as we can um so in many cases it's un- unlikely that you've read the book you know when the interview or when the review posts um so that's a good pl- place to go after you've read the book or as i always say if you have no intention of reading the book that's where you can hear when something's like a real shit show and we can get into detail instead yeah. of saying eh, i, I kind of didn't like the ending that's where you would hear exactly what it was that we didn't like about the ending
0: i need to make a retraction by the way i did say we did 69 books nice but we didn't it was actually 66 because for the first time in 2020 we did three spoiler interviews uh that is a brand new thing that is the first time we did it was 2020 um we did spoiler so basically what we would do is we would do our normal interview and we'd say hey you want to talk a little bit more about, about spoilers
1: and then we would just do that the same way we do spoiler reviews Yeah, I can't believe it took us that long to get around to the idea of doing that. Um, But I I found that all three of those authors were really receptive. And it's interesting because, you know, they get their minds to talk about the synopsis and the idea of the book and the, the themes of the book. But how often do you think they actually sit down, at least for an interview, not at a book signing or something like that? Where mm-hmm. someone says, so hey, tell me about the decision to introduce this into the world of this novel. You know, where where it's something that they would never want to talk about on NPR or something like that. You know, this is somewhere where someone can go specifically if they want something spoiled for them. So that's, uh, that's awesome. It was uh, Zoya Stage, Josh Mallerman, and... Jones. Stephen Graham Jones. Yep.
0: And especially the Mallerman one. Like, I feel like, uh, again it was it's that kind of special Mallerman discussion he has um his he's just have, his mind is just very like open and and kind of always processing um uh, but i feel like at certain points i was telling him things about his book that he hadn't really thought of and like that like the because it's not a question and answer format um it opened up to more of like theory and like the impact of the things that happened and stuff and um yeah. So like if there's anything I want to do a lot more of, it is the the spoiler type of conversations like that.
1: Yeah, I think that was a great idea and something that we are likely to continue to pursue um, into 2021 and beyond. <laughs> All right. And, and, you know, I'm going to tie this in with kind of our, our finale here. Um, but we did introduce a new rating system in 2020 that Rob put together, a wonderful rating system. Um, and again, if, if you're just listening, you're a newer listener, we used to just rate books one to five stars with half stars in there. So essentially the Amazon, we actually used the Amazon rating system. That was our guide (laughs) based on what, what an Amazon star meant is what, what we, you know, how, how much we liked the book. Um, but we found it was really easy to do fours and fives. And then there was no real differentiation, you know? So if you've got two books that are four, you might actually like one a whole lot more than the other, but there was really no way to like kind of force rank them so rob came up with a system where we have eight categories um rated from one to ten and then it's averaged out so um you know there there, i don't think there's been a time and i guess i can pull up the the sheet i don't think there's a time where we came out to the exact same rating there there were some where we were very very close so for example i might have been at a 8.5 and rob was like at an 8.38 or something those aren't exact numbers right but, you know, so we came close to something, but we never really, um, I don't think we hit on the exact same number at any given point, um, which was nice because that really gives us, we, we I'm looking at the document right now, no two books have the exact same rate. Oh, I take that back. There's, uh, <laughs> there's one book, or I'm sorry, there's two sets of books that have three, oh, I guess four times. So, all right, all right, so maybe more often than I thought. <laughs> Um, that well no, that's not true though because I'm looking at the books rating combined. So combined we've come up with the same number for books if that makes sense. <laughs> no <laughs> nothing okay. Uh, I see what you're saying any rate, <laughs> Any rate, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is not when we we're about to go over our, our top three books of the year and I just want to give Rob credit for the fact that the top three books, do not have the same score. So it's not like before where we'd look and it would just be three books that were fives. Right. Like there is an actual definitive ranking now for what our best book of the year was of the 34 books that we read this year.
0: Yeah. And um, another thing that this rating system does is it makes it nearly impossible to get a 10. Um, I think that, and we're going to disqualify this book um, because it was a, like a throwback. I gave a 10 to Lamb. Um, by Christopher Moore and uh that's you know that's kind of cheating because we chose that book because how much we love it but um when it's a new book that you haven't read before uh and you're just evaluating it on these these metrics that that I created uh, getting 10 10 stars is practically impossible because there's eight different categories that you have to like absolutely nail you know mm-hmm. each thing in order to to get a ten, which is practically impossible.
1: Yep. Yeah, so we're disqualifying Lamb, um, but it it was overall our top rated book, but we kind of knew it was going to be right. <laughs> and um, it's not a recent book. I mean, the vast majority of what we do is stuff that's coming out or very recently came out. As a matter of fact, as I glance at the list, um, it's the only book we read this year that wasn't from. 2020 or oh, you, know, you know what we
0: talked about kiss me judas but that was
1: that was intentionally
0: oh. not a review correct so actually we read 35 books this year i guess there
1: you go oh see there you go did you add that to the page count oh wait hang on it's I in, in we're there gonna have to record this whole thing nope. oh, okay it's right. in there
0: so we did read 34
1: <laughs> yeah and we and we did do the <laughs> patreon select a books were not from this year um you know but those also had ratings but they did not come in the top three so right. here, here we go i will start with number three um, number three, uh, the only good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones, and that came in at a nine point one three score, and that's the average between mine and Rob's um, uh, scores. Mine was a nine, and Rob gave it a nine point two five, and collectively, that is our number three. Uh, we'll say new book um, of the year for twenty twenty. That's a that's a that's a that's a high score,
0: and um, I will acknowledge that the last time we did a review of a jones book was mongrels i want to say well uh, of a recently released of a new book by jones Mm -hmm. was mongrels which uh i think was 2016 and that got the book of the year that was our top book that year
1: not surprisingly and i guess we should mention and we probably could have mentioned this during the rating system but our scores went from um well i guess well so from a little bit above 9.19 because i don't want to reveal the winner but all the way down to 6.44 so there, there is a good spread in there. And although a, a book at 6.44, I certainly don't consider a bad book. So I will say we read no bad books th- this year. Uh, I believe my lowest score was uh, 5.8 and Rob's was a uh, 6.5. So, you know, I, I don't know where I would start calling a book bad. I, I would imagine somewhere below five. Yeah. I guess we never really talked about that because it's just an average of scores. But yeah, so so there was a spectrum. They're, they're definitely not all in the nines
0: yep yeah so uh and that's nice to see because we see there's in the six range a lot of sevens a lot of eights a lot of nines so it is very much a spectrum it's very spread out um which means that hopefully we put more thought into how we felt about books uh which i'm gonna take the number two book of the year i'm gonna do that reveal so um our average score for this book was 9.19 and that is Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay um, uh, an awesome book on its own but then cool for other reasons because it incorporated characters from you know, previous books but it, man that thing was just a like a non-stop just like the pace of it was crazy because like, it took place, it does the thing Livius likes it takes place in such a mm-hmm. short amount of time Um, like time dilation almost like we spent we spent more time
1: reading it than took place you know the book took place over yeah for sure and uh, and it it takes I I still believe it takes a certain talent um, to do that I don't think just anybody could pull off a book make you think that it was only you know four hours long when it takes you six hours to read it and it took the author god knows how many months to write it so yeah an excellent book and, and a longtime friend of the podcast um, I'm glad for Paul's continued success. He's an extremely talented writer. And in just a few short weeks, we will be doing a combination new release throwback as The Little Sleep is re-released. And that's, uh, that's slated for us, I think it's the third week of January. Yep. Yeah. Uh, excited about
0: that. Uh, very much so. Uh, just so that people know, so I said 9.19 uh, overall. I gave it a 9.5. Livius gave it 8.88.
1: So... And then uh, we're not going to try to do a drum roll here or anything. <laughs> I left a pause in case Rob inserted a drum roll. Um, uh, at 9.31, our our favorite book of 2020, um, probably not a surprise to too many people, Mallory by Josh Mallerman. Um, everything Josh writes is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Mallory, maybe, maybe a little, carried that bird box flavor into the score a little bit (laughs) because when you love bird box that much it's it's you know you already know you're gonna like mallory it was almost like rereading Lamb by christopher moore like there was no way that this was going to go poorly um and it didn't it it received our highest rating of 2020 um with a 9.25 from rob and a 9.38 from me pretty bananas um that was the book where it's
0: like, once we found out it was coming out, I had a kind of a spectrum of emotions. Like, oh, um, what do you, what happens after, you know, what happens after this? And um, like Livia said, uh, I think if it was a different author, I might have been more trepidatious about it. But like, they're like, um, Mallerman's brain is just kind of, it it, it seems like it's more just open and weird um, to creating better stories than than other people. I don't know. But anyway, like it, it inspired confidence that whatever came out was going to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and in, in retrospect, um, the nice thing about it is that Bird Box didn't need a sequel. It didn't end on a sequel, you know, on a sequel note. It really ended with, you know, not right. displaying anything for anybody, but it had a very, very clean ending. Um, but yet... Josh Mallerman figured out how to how to put out another another just terrific book um, from a book that didn't really leave itself open to having a sequel, in my opinion.
0: Right, totally. Now we did our top three because top three is usually what we do. Um, I'm gonna acknowledge um, that. All right, so my top three are the same as the top three for the podcast. Uh, Livius actually rated. The Loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson um second highest of of the books that he read or that we read. So this is a door that I think we need to open because like um I'm flashing back to 2017 where we read so few books that it was hard to find the ones that were like you know what I'm saying like there like there was so little to choose from that like the, the couple of obvious ones boiled to the top and everything else was kind of middling. This year was so crammed with excellent books that um, like there's the books that I, I'm looking through this list and I'm like, oh man, I love that book. Oh man, I love that book. And just because they're not in our top three doesn't mean that I wasn't like terribly excited first of all to get the book and then after having read the book as well.
1: Yeah. And in some cases, um, you know, a book may have been very enjoyable for one of us and maybe the other one received it a little poorer and it was enough <laughs> to, 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 to bury it to, to like 10th place, you know. So, um, you know, as I look at uh, uh, some of my favorite books are not some of Rob's favorite books. And there's enough like if you look at our personal rankings, there are three, four or five place splits on here. And, and in one particular case, I, I believe a, a, a more significant split than that. Yeah. So I was talking about anxious people, which I really liked and you really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, didn't we had almost a that. full two point split. I think that was our farthest, um, you know, the, this year that, that we, we really were like that old married couple where we kind of like the same things at this point. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm just going to throw out names and stuff that like I was that I'm just going to throw out a few more book names is what I want to say. Uh, Wonderland by Zoya Stage. Absolutely so happy. The two books we read by Craig Wallwork were both just standout. out. by Susanna Clark was an absolute surprise and a delight. It was mm-hmm. such a good book. Um, Almakatsu's book, obviously, was very good. Grady Hendrix, that crazy vampire book. There's so many like just amazing things we got to read this year. And Mexican Gothic
1: by Silvia Moreno-Garcia I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I mean... We, we did a little bit of, of newer authors, so we were trying to inject some people we haven't reviewed. And it doesn't get any fucking easier because, you know, I look at 2021 <laughs> and I look at Stephen Graham Jones has got a book coming out. I just mentioned we're going to do Paul Tremblay again. Grady Hendrix has got a book coming out. Zoya Stage has a book coming out. So we're going to keep going back to that well a little bit. Um, but I am very excited, and Piranesi is what really sparked this for me, is... You know, a, a Susanna Collins book, who someone we've never read before um, on or off the podcast. And again, what a pleasant surprise that was. Alma was new for us. Um, uh, we did do Blake Crouch, um, uh, but th- that, that kicked off as a uh, book selection from our Patreon, from uh, Misty Bennett, who's one of our Patreon supporters at the level where you get to pick a book that we review. Um, you know, we did Frederick Bottman and Bentley Little and Alan Warner, our other pick um, of the year, a Jesse's pick for The Sopranos, um, Raymond Fleischman. So it was nice to get um, some new blood in. And I'm hoping that 2020 will bring us uh, more of that, more people that can be our favorite.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think to to, to a certain level the pandemic affected what we chose and how and what was being promoted and and probably even what was being published. So um, things got delayed. Uh, things got bumped up. Things probably got pushed out of this year. So like just imagine all the bangers that got delayed because of a pandemic that we could have read that we, you know, that maybe we're getting in 2021. But um, overall, I think that we took a lot more uh, steps into uncharted territory uh I think because we had those tentpole authors we knew we were gonna be able to read that we'll really enjoy uh as well, so it was a nice mix it was like it was a good blend of um familiar faces and and and
1: new people you know though something that you just said struck me as odd, like I understand why movies pushed stuff back, right yeah. theaters closed or barely open or whatever. why wouldn't you just release a book when people have limited things to do? Um, I think from a publicity standpoint, um,
0: I think it was more logistic than anything. Like getting uh, adjusting your infrastructure to um, how you distribute things mm-hmm. and um, how you like public publicists working like the teams that are working from home and all that. I think it just got there was just a shift because of that. If if Based. I had to
1: guess based based on our conversation earlier what you're saying is they couldn't get someone a 23 dollar webcam and a shitty microphone like they couldn't
0: that's (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) they they, well all right so like you work in a specific industry where you know how things get affected
1: (laughs) yeah no 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 i do i just like i said i was thinking like what better time than to to get people to read more books when movies are out at least going to the movies is out you know and and netflix is basically rehashing old stuff you know what i mean there's not there wasn't even a it didn't feel like there was a ton of new stuff coming out on the paid services so yeah. but uh hopefully hopefully the book industry um gets has gotten its act together it feels like maybe it has and that 2021 will be a uh a more um uh, I, I would say profitable but i don't mean profitable for them i mean profitable for us as readers <laughs> you know a more right. abundant year for for great literature but I'll tell you, I'm very, very pleased with uh, with the selection we went through in 2020, and hopefully, you guys um, took some of our uh, some of our advice and read some of those books too.
0: Yep. Um, before we wrap it up for 2020, uh, obviously, we want to thank everybody who's been listening to us, all of our new supporters um, on Patreon, as well as like our new subscribers on YouTube and stuff. So, I'm just going to do the little pluggy stuff really quick. If you're just hearing us for the first time, we have a YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Amazon Music, Spotify Stitcher, um like Livius will just show up at your house and and kind of tell you what he remembers from episodes if you live close enough. Um there's a lot of ways to get get uh get our content, I guess is what I'm saying. And then also there's our Patreon, which I will plug. Um there are different uh levels, obviously. There's the level where you're just supporting us and you get stuff early. You can do the level where you get to access to our spoiler talk, which we mentioned, which also now uh, the spoiler interviews we did make available for any supporters on Patreon, not just the people who are paying for our spoiler talks. Um, But then there's also um, at another level, you can get swag. So just today, I drove out to Livius's office and I handed over the final stack of, of booked swag so that he could send out the 2020 swag stuff to our to our patreon supporters so if that's something that you uh think would be cool getting uh, Olivia's can probably tell you a little bit of what we're sending out but we kind of want to keep it a surprise as well um yeah patreon.com booked um all the tiers are there just choose what you're comfortable with and uh help us keep this thing going
1: um here's what i will say because i would like most of it to be a surprise but there will be um, probably six to seven items, um, m- almost all booked branded, but at least all created by the mind of Rob, um, <laughs> in various formats. So, um, those should be going out late this week. So, um, check, uh, check your mailboxes next week, unless you're one of our Patreon supporters from overseas and then, you know, in March or something, it'll show up, uh, at your door. I would imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah. So swag's on its way, everybody. Don't worry. We did replace the mugs with the swag, and the thing was like, hey, how many mugs do you like do you want ever? So it used to be that you got a mug every year. Now it's just um, a variety of of different things like uh, in the past, we've created one thing that I really enjoy. Uh, we created magnets at one point, like branded magnets, and so mm-hmm. the other day, um, uh, I was just I had a handful of them, and I was just whipping them at my fridge. Like to see it, how many I could get to stick to the fridge like, so yeah, fun stuff like that.
1: yeah, I promise none of those are are coming your way because <laughs> the magnets I have are sealed in plastic and and like perfect. They have not been on <laughs> Rob's fridge or whatever Rob's slimy little beer laden paws. Wow um. So you'll be getting fresh magnets uh, as well as as everything else. So, yeah, I actually I'm I'm looking over at the pile right now. My plan is to get it uh, sorted and packed up tomorrow and hopefully, hopefully make it to the post office to get these all out. But either way, by the end of this week, they're all going out. All right. You want to you want to bury 2020? Yeah, so here's what I will say. I think for the podcast, it was a wonderful year. Thank you, you, Rob, personally, for, for another year of, uh, of uh, making this podcast possible. It's still, still after nearly 10 years, um, a highlight of, of, of my life. So thank you. Thank you to the listeners who make this possible by continuing to listen. If you all stop, we'd probably stop doing this. Um, but as long as one of you is listening, we'll probably keep going. So thank you and thank you to our Patreon um supporters who um uh, make it a little easier for us to be able to do this by letting us cover uh you know the financing required to do the podcast. So thank you. Thank you to everybody.
0: Well, I I, I would be a dick if I didn't thank you back. Um I uh, like and I want to go back to um I feel like Livia's kind of set me on a path of um like the types of books that I appreciate and open my eyes to some authors that uh maybe I would know about otherwise so like a lot of the reason that maybe the flame I have inside me is there is because of you so thank you uh obviously for that and then everything that came after that
1: all right um I'm going to tell you what the first book of 2020 is and I guarantee it's going to catch most of you off guard <laughs> uh, um you know, there's probably some books that are coming out and you're like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe BookTok will cover this for their first episode, uh, you know, their first review of 2020. Um, nobody could have predicted this one. Casino Royale by Ian Fleming, published in 1953. It is the <laughs> first James Bond book. And it paved the way for a further 11 novels and two short story collections by Fleming. I don't think we're going to get to all of those, but we're definitely going to get to Casino Royale. And that'll be our first um, uh, review of 2021.
0: All right. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this uh, year in review episode. Thanks for joining us all of 2020. And we're looking forward to so much more in 21 uh, until next time. I'm Rob Olson
1: and I'm Livius Snudden. Keep reading.